0: Joanna Stern from The Wall Street Journal joins us to talk about her hands-on experience with the Vision Pro. We also break down the dramatic big tech hearings in Washington, Elon Musk's $55 billion pay package that may or may not end up going to him, and Peter Thiel's steroid Olympics. Yes, it's going to be a classic edition of Big Technology Fridays. All that and more coming up right after this.
1: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off.
0: Welcome to Big Technology Podcast Friday edition, where we break down the news in our traditional cool-headed nuanced format. What a week of news we have for you today. Uh, we are talking about the Vision Pro, which is live basically, or just went, went uh, for sale hours ago. Uh, people walking out of the uh, Apple headquarters in uh, our Apple store and on Fifth Avenue and a bunch of people applauding them. It's pretty weird. Anyway, uh, we want to go hands-on with the device. And to do that, we were going to bring you uh, a guest who's actually been hands-on with it, has experienced it, spent many days within the Vision Pro and can tell us all about what it is and what it will be. I want to welcome to the show Joanna Stern. She's an Emmy award-winning digital video and print journalist, a senior personal technology columnist, and all-around great reporter uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Joanna, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thanks for being here. And we're also joined, as always, by Ranjan Roy from Margins. Ranjan, welcome.
2: I still have not tried the Vision Pro, but Joanna, watching you skiing and chopping onions has gotten me even more excited
0: about it.
1: Those are the first things I'm assuming you're going to do in it. <laughs> Those
2: are the first things I will do.
0: <laughs> okay, so Joanna, <laughs> just give us give us like a perspective of, like, is this device going to be something that people are going to want to use like a, on a consumer level, or is it so beta at this point that it'll be just the enthusiasts and the developers?
1: I've been I've been thinking about this all week because there's so much in it. And when you see non-enthusiasts and non-developers try it out, like I was at the Today Show and NBC earlier this week and just seeing people try this out and colleagues, like they like love it. They're like, wow, that's magic. That's amazing. And then I start thinking, okay, that's the first reaction. What would these people really be doing with this in their lives right now as it stands today? Which is a heavy, bulky headset with a battery that comes out the top of it, and it's buggy in some places, and I can list all of the you know, first generation issues. And that's where it really comes down to, I think everyone should try this thing, but I don't know, a small subset of people should buy this thing. And I'm hoping the people who buy this thing are the thing people who are going to make this thing better in the future. Those are the developers out there. Those are the enthusiasts who are going to be pushing people in the tech community to do more with this type of technology. But that's, that's how I'm feeling after a week of, of this thing.
2: So how are you going to be using it next week? First week (laughs) being videotaped, wearing it for 24 hours straight. I think it was, um, how are you going to use it next week?
1: That is absolutely the biggest question. So I start, like, I finished the review. Oh boy, what day is it today? (laughs) Um, Friday. 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 (laughs) Zero concept of time. And I think that's kind of
2: you're in the metaverse now. I'm in the
1: metaverse. All I've done is talk about the Vision Pro all week. I've done, I've just done so much around it. But so first week, obviously had to use it, had to test all of the things. That sort of ended on Tuesday because the review posted Tuesday morning. Now I've been doing a lot of demos of it, but yesterday was like the first day I went to work. I had like a normal day of work, kind of in between media hits and stuff like that, talking more about the Vision Pro. And I brought it with me and my office in at the Wall Street Journal headquarters. Look, I'm going to say right here, I I have a crappy monitor there. Like I guess they just don't think the you know the senior tech columnist you know of uh, of the Wall Street Journal should have a decent monitor. And so I like put it on, and I was using it to work. I have a private office, a glass office, and I was using it with a giant Mac monitor. One of the coolest things you can do with it is that you pair it with your your Mac. You look at your Mac if they're both logged into the same Apple ID, and your monitor just pops up. You get like a sixty, maybe it's forty inch monitor, sort of hovering over your Mac. And I was using, I was fully working, I was doing my uh, newsletter, I was writing my newsletter in there, I was listening to music, and people just kept walking by, laughing at me, taking photos of me, just like, and I could see them, but I was pretending I couldn't, because I didn't <laughs> want to be bothered.
0: Oh, I just loved your tweet. You said, first day working at Wall Street Journal's offices with the Vision Pro on. People keep coming by, laughing at me, and asking if I'm even working. First of all, I'm always working. Second of all, I'm writing my newsletter for tomorrow on a giant Mac monitor. Third of all, I can see you naked. And then you had to <laughs> follow up in case HR was reading that the last part was a joke.
1: <laughs> but like, so I I do like working in this thing.
0: And that's kind of that the- hits on like the use that Ranjan has been looking forward to the most is that this is going to be a, an enterprise device that will be helpful in the office.
1: But here's my like downside, and Nilay Patel mm-hmm. talked about this in the, in the Verge review. Like i i have a I have a backpack that I bring my MacBook in every day. Take it on the train. Am I gonna like be carrying and I don't actually have it right here, but um I have this it comes with this giant travel pack and it, it looks like a pillow basically. And you'd have like I would need a whole separate bag to bring that to and from work every day. Like am I gonna carry like a like my Vision Pro satchel and like <laughs> my backpack with my MacBook Pro.
0: You didn't like, see that in any of the product photos that Apple released. I wonder why that it was.
1: The the travel
0: the travel yeah. bag and travel the, battery, the battery pack. There was yeah, a, uh, the, the Vanity Fair kilo. picture of Tim Cook. You couldn't yeah. even see the line coming from that, that thing. It was as if their battery pack did not exist. I wonder if that was in the agreement.
2: <laughs> but this is why you need two Vision Pros, one for home, one for work. I think that's the grand Apple strategy.
0: Yeah, what's $7,000 like in it. the long run? <laughs>
1: right. Right. Right, I think maybe my answer is probably just to get the Wall Street Journal to buy me a nice monitor for my office.
0: So we have actually a great uh, comment here from uh, Jesse Hempel that we're assuming that people are gonna be working in an office. Does, is this, when we think about like the future of work, is this something that you can start to like imagine wearing at home, beaming your coworkers in, and then like that's the office all of a sudden?
1: It is when Apple figures out the persona
0: Right, because that issue. was the other—that was the big problem that you
2: like. My... You talk talk about the personas a bit from the review. Yes,
1: but I do. Just to Jesse's point, I I working from home in it is amazing. And like I or travel working, I think is that thing. Like I do have a nice monitor at my desk here, and I have been using it at home, obviously when I was writing the review. Um, but I think travel working will be a will be big big use because I usually even travel with an iPad to use a second monitor while I'm traveling. Um, but Back to personas. So to quickly explain, when you're wearing the headset, there's no, there's tons of cameras, but there's no cameras facing outward really at you, right? There's no webcam to easily capture your whole face. So what Apple does cleverly is they create a a 3D scan of your face using the camera. So you go through this process when you're setting up the the Vision Pro, you hold the Vision Pro out in front of you, and it asks you to do a, a series of, you know, basically face exercises, or head ex- exercises, up, down, side, all the, all the things, right? And it scans and then you put the headset back on and it creates a persona of you. I cannot describe what mine looks like. People just have to see it. Many have said I look like a deformed Mona Lisa. Um, oh <laughs> to quote my colleague Jason Gay, he said it Botox from hell. To quote my sister, terrifying, scary, just no. To quote my father, frightening. So. It just doesn't look it, it. It's not me, or yeah, as Neil Patel said, um, "They did you dirty." Joe is my my favorite yeah. quote in the the video. <laughs> and so, look, and I've seen others being recreated better, but it's not the meta avatar, cartoon avatar situation. It's supposed to
0: look like a person.
1: It's supposed to look like you but it just doesn't. And anytime I call someone, they're just laughing hysterically at me. So I don't know how I would get work done.
2: Do you think personas are going to be, you know, a consistent feature in the next iterations of this? Or do you think Apple's going to step back? Because I think I read somewhere that they, you know, very carefully clarified that this is a beta feature. And, you know, we're learning from this. Do you think it goes away? Or do you think they're going to get it right?
1: probably doubled down on it, but it's hard. It's like, could it be one of these features, you know, certain things which you know, with the Apple Watch, um, if you remember, and I think it might still be there. They did this with the first Apple Watch where you could send your heartbeat to people. Is that feature still there? I, it's certainly not it's, when they market right
2: it's still there it's still there i do it's it as a joke like, to some friends sometimes you can like write yeah. out these letters in uh this weird it's the original be real. and everything don't send me a yep. photo
0: send me your heartbeat <laughs> just show me your life that's all
2: just want to know you're alive <laughs> it's, you know, it's almost like, valentine's day <laughs> there are
1: certain things that like apple realizes as they go yeah this isn't working let's let's not market this or let's change course in this situation you have to like if you want this to be a work device you have to have a way of video conferencing there's just no way around it so much of our work is that now it there has to be a solution there i can see it just getting rapidly better or i could see them giving us some other options like i don't understand like i Apple, we have our Apple emojis. Like, right. we all probably have made those silly, you know, cartoonish things. I'm assuming they didn't do that because they didn't want to be like meta. They didn't want to have the like, oh, competing, you know, versus of, Yeah, Yeah. Like, I think that just would step into too many memes, but. Who knows? I, I mean, they got to do better than this.
0: That gets us still to a crucial point, which is how Apple has marketed this device. And by the way, we definitely want to get to like the cool things that you saw there and like what blew you away. Uh, but let's let's talk quickly about the rollout. So Ron and I have had this little debate going on about like how big of a deal that Apple was going to make the Vision Pro, because we know this is probably a beta model. We know this isn't anywhere near where they want to get. And to the point where like, well, maybe they're going to downplay the Vision Pro and just get it out into the hands of developers uh, and then see what happens. Not what happened at all. They have a big Vision Pro logo on the Apple store on Fifth Avenue. Uh, They, Tim Cook basically is talking like he met God inside that device. Um, The Vanity Fair story talking about how like it's the next generation of computing on your face some of the uh, getting James Cameron and John Favreau to talk about it. Like the expectations are now, I think we can all agree, through the roof. So I'm curious, number one, was that a mistake? I'm actually curious to hear from you, Joanna, and Ron John about that about that point. And then B, we don't really know the use case that they're marketing for. Like, is it watching videos? Is it setting timers on top of your cooking? Which that was my favorite part of the video. Um, or you know, is it uh, entertainment? Is it enterprise, right? we talked about work, maybe it's entertainment. Those are two different buyers, consumer versus enterprise. So what do we think about the rollout?
1: You're going first, Rajan.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that they've gone big on it and I think they should go big. I think, and especially when we get into the cooler parts of it, especially the entertainment side of it, which I'm very excited about this is a big step for their future and they need their next iPhone. They need their next kind of killer device that drives the entire company. And I think this space of spatial computing is they're calling it, which I think it, I would be curious how you guys would distinguish spatial computing and the metaverse. And if there is a difference between the two, but I, I think, I'm still picturing a world where wearing a headset in a lot of different situations is going to become normal. I think, I mean, sitting on an airplane, sitting at work, these things won't be weird, especially working from home or working, as you said, travel work from a hotel. So I think going big and establishing it as a category is the right move. And also I think, again, Apple can take the heat. Apple can take a little bit of blowback. This is not, again, as a someone who embarrassingly waited in line for the first iPhone and had Apple employees cheering for me as I walked out of the Fifth Avenue store I was like I was ridiculed when I went back to work for doing waiting in line for four hours so so I think it's the right move
0: are you waiting in line today
1: yeah now I'm sitting
0: oh my here God.
2: podcasting with you guys
0: Apple well that's the, obviously the right choice but Apple
2: but ha- you
1: ordered one right
2: I have not ordered one I you want to tr- I want to try I'm waiting for a friend to order one and one of my friends has and I'm going to try it on and then I'll probably pull the trigger pretty quickly. I wrote
1: about this in my newsletter today that you basically just have to like contact your early adopter friend small talk make some small talk and then be like can I come over?
2: Actually are they allowing (laughs) people to try it at the Apple store?
1: Yes. Okay then maybe. And they just announced this morning that Look, it's going to be a mad rush so like they're only letting you come to the apple store right now for the next two days through the weekend you have to go there you have to wait in line to get an appointment like you have to like you know camp out all day then starting monday you can make these reservations or actually i think you can make the reservations now and you can book a calendar appointment and, and go on that day so Ronjon,
0: you and i should we should go on an apple apple store i think all right
2: let's do that I, yeah. because you now that you're right saying right out, that out, joe and i'm I camp out at the Fifth Avenue for the night to get our. Uh, to get I'll our put the link in here.
1: For
0: there you. was this video I saw of the first person coming out of the Apple Store in New York, and, and maybe I can drop some of the audio in. But there was this the the Apple Store employees for like cheering for this person. He was holding up the Vision Pro box like it was Simba from the Lion King. <laughs> I <It> was like <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I saw
1: these two. I saw these two.
0: So, but, but Ronja, going to your point that we're, you know, obviously they're trying to, and I would never, I mean, I wrote the book always day one, right? You always got to be like, is it your first, it's your first day. Don't worry about the legacy product, right? That's the whole point. But like talking about the rollout that Morgan Stanley only expects them to sell $4 billion of these things in 2027, right? Like the iPhone, the, the total business did 119 billion in the fourth quarter or the most recent quarter. So it's really tiny. You know, product category for them. So I'm kind of curious. Well, John, Joanna, why don't you answer your, your you know, this question from your perspective about the rollout?
1: Yeah, and look, I've been listening to a lot of the analysts on this, and that it will be a smaller market than even sort of iPad or or Apple Watch in the first couple of. You know, it won't hit the, It will it will be smaller, than those in the first couple of years than those were. And I think that's right. I mean, I think. First of all, you're asking people to do a lot by putting a computer on their face, and then there's this price point to contend with right now. And I was on CNBC this morning, and they're comparing it with the with the Meta Quest. and it's just it, it's yeah. it, it's it, yes, we're in the same category, and you know, yes, there are some real ways to compare to what happened with the iPhone or and BlackBerry and some of the legacy products that were on the market before. But I don't remember a price delta ever like this. Uh, You know, this is not priced for the average mainstream market. It just isn't. So, and just thinking about sort of the category in its own, one thing that I just think that is actually you that I really realized, especially using this device, is there is an ecosystem play and trap here, certainly, and so. Partially, partially, I keep thinking, you know, the Mac is a really good accessory for it right now. But maybe one day this is actually going to go that way of more of a computing device that is a Mac replacement versus mm-hmm. a phone or a or a, a tablet. Or maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I just I, I think they have a number of ways to take this. And I also wouldn't diminish just the thought of like, this is the Pro, right? This is the Vision Pro. Apple is very good at coming out with the Pro and the Air and the whatever other version you know the series se or whatever there will be versions like that in the future i just don't know how long it takes them to get to those because of the price of the components in this
0: so do you think that this is enterprise or do you think this is consumer
1: it has to start enterprise and like i think you know enterprise is sort of like a bad word for this type of category because like it's only success has ever been in the enterprise but on the other hand, that's Guaranteed units and market that Apple can bank on. Right, already a substantial number of enterprise have bought. You know, previously the HoloLens, then the Quest, even the Magic Leap. All these companies always brag. I mean, you guys probably heard it as well. You know, they come in to have you meet with you. They, well, we're having. You know, X, Y, and Z company bought a huge fleet of these, and they're loving them in the factory floor. And you know, then they show you the pictures of the factory floor and the. You know, you definitely know the guy's like grunting, being like, ugh, I never <laughs> use this thing. Um, but it, it works for them. It works, it sells units, and there's a, a really decent application of it.
2: Let's also not forget that every graphic designer at work has a $3,000 plus Mac monitor. So the pricing isn't even out of range anyway, so. Yeah, I think enterprise, but I guess, has Apple ever successfully launched an enterprise product? Other, I guess, I mean, the hardware itself, but anything outside of, I'm thinking from a software perspective, or,
1: I mean, everyone I know uses Pages, <laughs>
2: Sheets as well, <laughs> yeah, is that but what? It is numbers, numbers, numbers,
0: numbers, like- yeah. If you think about the evolution like the blackberry actually was the thing that pioneered the smartphone revolution and that was an enterprise device but we just got better technology and next thing you know we all started using iphones and the iphone became the enterprise device so maybe that's what's what what we see here Jonah. i'm curious to hear your perspective about like what was cool wearing this thing i mean you wore it a lot so what were the things that made you say this could be special
1: the entertainment stuff is really cool. I, I will not, I will say like, I, I have a very nice TV in my living room, but the rest of my house, I've got to upgrade the TVs there. And I, there's absolutely something to say for just this immersive viewing experience. And uh, I think I heard Tim Cook say he's, he watched uh, the whole series of T- Ted Lasso Ted on the Lasso. ceiling, yep. on his ceiling.
0: I called uh, that out that I got I to say that experience sucks. Like, Having the thing on your, fa- I haven't done it with the vision pro, but I've watched like full movies or shows uh, like with a projector going up to the ceiling. And also I had like Netflix on one of these, uh, Oculus devices. Can we, have you tried it before? Wait, like people are watching TV on their stuff ceilings? On the ceiling? There's well, a yeah, reason why so like you so don't have a back. screen on the ceiling. Yeah.
1: Like you you put, I did,
2: I did like, not know couch. that was a thing. I, I don't have a projector, but ceiling TV I've never realized is a trend.
0: It's because it's, I just think it's not something that people would want.
1: <laughs> I mean, also obviously, like Tim. Tim Cook's ceilings are so much nicer than my ceiling, so I don't, <laughs> yeah. I can't judge. You but it know? shouldn't I, matter.
0: It shouldn't matter in virtual reality. It, That's it's a level the playing field device. Give Tim Cook thirty five hundred dollars, and you can live like him. That's the promise. You can Live like Tim Cook. Your ceiling. maybe, but can maybe be his if ceiling. my ceiling
1: was as nice as his, it would be a different experience for all of us. We don't know. We don't know. Right. But no, I mean, I, I'm joking. But I think. I think that, that is something it's, I, I, and I really believe around traveling where like, you can't be home and you're, I think about the long flights or the times I've, okay, I'm going to, I've got to go overseas and I'm going to watch 12 hours of something on my iPad. And now I'm going to use this. But so that, that is cool. I look, the work experience is cool. When you try it, you're like, oh yeah. And then you go back to your monitor and you're like, hmm, this is, kind of stifling. But look, the part that went viral was this cooking experiment that I did. And in no way, shape or form is Apple saying you should cook with this on. And I'm not saying normal (laughs) people should, you know, wield a a sharp knife and be around hot surfaces in a 1.5 pound headset. (laughs) But I, I'm a little bit, I like to push the limits. This is what I, I like to do. So I, I somebody the the developer pitched me the company's called crouton the app is called crouton and they pitched me on this and i'm right, sure i'm gonna try it out and i really was blown away by it i sort of just figured like this is gonna be eh, you know but like i'm there in the kitchen i'm cooking i pin my recipe up on the right side of the kitchen which already you know, is a better experience than using your phone because with your phone or your tablet you're tapping on it it's dirty you got like meat on your hands or whatever you're cooking with and you got to keep washing your hands and then like scrolling on the the ipad or the the phone so that's great and then i see like as i'm moving through the steps on the recipe that there's a timer and I was like, oh, okay we'll set the timer for the pasta of 16 minutes or whatever it was and then it pops out and i can drag that over to the stove and every time i look over at the stove i see the timer ticking down And I take another timer and I've got to put that over the mushrooms and every time I look over I see these two virtual timers hovering over my stove I don't I I know why I was blown away because Mm -hmm. this is such a melding and a useful melding of digital information in your real world and it sort of just opens up your eyes to what could be and I think, you know, I think people are laughing, $3,500 cooking timers. Like I've been ridiculed. Does she not know about magnetic timers that she can buy on Amazon? Does she not know about smart speakers? Well, I, no, I had no idea these things existed. It's crazy. <laughs> so thank you, internet, for letting me know. But there's something about that like simple digital information in your real world that opens up your eyes for what this could be.
2: No, no, I loved this example. Um, it, I mean, even little details like you just said, I cook a good amount. And again, washing your hands every time if you're handling meat when you're going to scroll the iPad to see the recipe again, having another device set up to watch a have a sports game on to the side, having multiple timers. Like, I, I, I agree. I think thinking about in different situations in life and what are all the little bits of information that could contribute to making it a better experience and making it more seamless yeah as a v1 i think that one's going to live years from now we'll look back at the uh onion chopping and the cooking as a as an early use case of this or something that showed the the promise yeah
0: to me the thing i want to try most is the spatial video and photos where you can actually like you know feel like you're in your videos. What was it like? I feel like that's one thing that it's you really just need to hear from someone who's used this versus, you know, try to read about it or watch it. What was that like, Joanna?
1: Yeah. And I think you really have to see it. I mean, I think that's the tough thing about all of this is like, and I didn't even show it's like, oh, when I show it, it looks like 2D video and that doesn't look like anything to anybody on, you know, watching it on YouTube or wherever they're watching the video. But yes, you can, so for the last couple of months, Apple, or a number of months ago, Apple released spatial video on the iPhone 15 Pros, which uses two cameras to record 3D video. And so the nice thing is, is that I've been shooting this video and then it just pops up in my Photos app under the spatial tab when I'm wearing the Vision Pro. So scrolling through there, I already have a nice library of my kids doing funny things and nice things. And so just watching that, again, another example of travel, like when I'm not, I wouldn't want to like be sitting here if they were in downstairs, like I'd rather go live and be with them, not be in the headset. But when I'm traveling, it's nice to be able to relive some of those moments. And it it really it's sort of it's look, it's not fully immersive 3d, it's sort of in a you can, there's two settings where it can kind of sort of float out in front of you. And then there's a setting where it can be within a sort of a square shape. Yeah, like a, just like a frame, basically. And in both of those situations, it's it's 3D. I mean, it depends on how you've shot it. It works best if there's something in the foreground. A uh, really good one is I had my kids petting a llama. Uh, not a llama. Was it was an alpaca. Uh, went to alpaca farm, and they're petting this alpaca, and they're cracking up. And the sound is spatial, so it's surround sound. All this is today. It's, it's, it's It's very compelling and moving.
0: Is there going to be a point where we're going to have like little video cameras embedded? In our in our eyes and then we'll be able to play back any moment in life just like that black mirror episode
1: it feels black mirror in some ways yeah. like you know and i think like you think about the potential of this being combined with ai and yeah i, I think a lot about some of this technology about preserving people's lives and afterlife and it could get crazy i mean because, it will get crazy
0: yeah i just don't want to live in a world where i mean you know seeing this my reaction was a technology's amazing, B, Really, do not want to live in a world where we have like this mask on our face at all times, yeah. and we have all these distractions there. Sorry, Ranjan, go ahead.
2: Wait, would you say the difference between, let's say, you know, a photo and a video is it the same scale of difference between watching a video flat on your phone and experiencing spatial video in the Vision Pro, or is it is it a smaller degree of difference?
1: I- I would say it's a it's a, i mean it's just a it's a better experience i mean you can take fo- spatial spatial photos um you can only do that on the vision pro you can't actually take spatial photos on your iphone um but the video just feels more immersive i mean uh, the, the photo quality is actually not that good um but i, I think out, you know look i i think there's something here too and you know i, I did go skiing with these on. And when I was skiing with them on, I sort of was making the comparison more to what Meta's done with the Ray-Bans, where you have this hands-free experience of, of shooting video. And I actually always like when I actually go skiing with my kids, I bring the Ray-Bans now because I don't want to have my phone. I just want to be able to snap and like, I'm not an amazing skier. And it's just, um, you get a more first person point of view, like you're there. Right. And I, I actually think that's something Apple's probably really interested in.
0: Interesting. So maybe they'll do their own version of those of those glasses. No,
1: I don't think it's a crazy thought or at least that that, you know, we get that kind of functionality yeah. down the road.
0: I mean, that's it seems like that's what Meta figured out. Like you do those two experiences and then you merge them in some way. Hmm. I want to ask you a
2: big fan. Are you a big fan of the Meta Ray-Bans? Like exactly for that use case, do they fill that purpose well?
1: That's like the I take the Meta Ray-Bans if I'm going skiing. Like, or I'm doing something like that with my kids, basically, or I'm shooting a video and I want some good p- first-person point of view. Like I did a piece on EV charging a few months ago and wore them as I was driving around. So I find them very useful for certain things. I wouldn't wear them this every day. The,
2: this is gonna be the most expensive podcast for me ever because I think now I want both <laughs> <laughs> the Vision Pro and the the ray Bands. I've been reading about the ray Bands here and there. I hadn't really thought about them, but they sound nice as well.
1: Yeah. And and they work really well now. I mean, the second generation, they've done a better job of speeding up how quickly they get to the phone and better quality.
0: So I want to ask about like the societal consequences here, because we all know like what happened when we got phones in our hands. Like this is a powerful technology, the phone, and we're like half present all the time anyway. And it's so interesting because like Tim Cook is always gets on his high horse about how like Facebook and, you know, Facebook obviously has its problems, but like you know, all the things about how it's ruining society, but they're using your phone, bro. Um, So I'm just kind of curious, like what happens to society here. This is something that Nick Bilton called out, you know, after he did this big uh, profile in Vanity Fair. Um, And this is from, okay, one Silicon Valley investor tells him, I'm sure the technology is different. I still think and hope it fails. Apple feels more like the tech fentanyl dealer uh, that poses as a rehab provider. And so he, so Bilton goes, what does the future of all of it look like uh, to cook? And cook says, I don't, I think it's actually hard to predict, which is like, you're again, like this is your device. It's going to have consequences. I'm just, you know, having been in such an immersive computing experience, do you worry at all about a society where like this gets to the place where Apple wants it, which is on everyone's face, small, easy to use, immersive and addictive.
1: Definitely. And I thought that was the most powerful thing about Bilton's piece, I mean, his great details about Cook and all these other executives and how they built this in secret. But then you read to the to the end and how he weaved that together was just beautiful. Look, you'll it's funny what the tagline for the Vision Pro is um, live in the moment. I believe. I believe that's what they're saying on the website. I don't want to miss like the quote, messenger
0: but. tagline was "break the news." Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished. Sorry, but go ahead.
1: Where it's, I want to make sure it's, it's something like that. I've seen it marketed as as that. Whereas, like, you can pick your head up from the phone, right? I don't know if that's how they're intending it, or if it's just sort of you can be in your moment and also have this digital thing. But you can pick your head up from your phone. I think that's a nice idea, but right now it's so much more isolating than the phone. Hmm. And, and one of the things, just to kind of talk back to the hardware, is they put these these eyes on the front, right? Uh, these creepy eyes. So the front of the, the the headset is actually a display, and the display can show your persona eyes as you're looking at people. Well, one, those are really subtle. Those are really really subtle, and people don't really see them. And I've probably said, can you see my eyes like a hundred times this week to my wife and people around and they're just like, no, I don't see your eyes. Stop asking. And two, even then, nobody really thinks they're having a conversation with you, right? They don't really know. So like I was sitting, I was sitting and watching a video in my mom's living room wearing this thing and she had no idea. Am I talking to her? Am I in there? What am I doing? You know, so there's the in there versus out there feeling right now. And it is isolating. There's no doubt about that. And you know, one of the funny things that uh, you know they are saying you will be able to do with this, I think you can do it now, is if two people are wearing a Vision Pros, they can actually watch the same movie together using SharePlay. It's just like, picture that. It's you weird. Know? Yeah. It's weird.
0: It's like you got to get a but couple of these. If you're in different
2: locations, like Joanna sure. said, the, 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 at those points, it definitely adds something. Yeah, but, but, but what I, if you're, I'm
1: gonna... you and your you know partner are sitting on the couch and you're both wearing this Vision Pros and you're watching the same thing? I don't know. Okay. It's just
2: that's a little disturbing. I agree.
1: Yeah, it's a little dystopian.
0: Yeah, go Maybe in for the kiss not... and your head headsets will bash.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, the I'm funny take... thing is, at the end of the video, I tried to like go and kiss my dog, and whenever something gets really close, the 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 cameras get messed up. <laughs> sorry. So like, I is... couldn't find him. <laughs> this
0: <is> so funny. <laughs> It's just, this is the most humorous part of the whole thing to me. Like
1: I was cracking up and I was like, we got to get this in the video because like, it's so funny. I was just like laughing so hard. Cause I can't like, you see the dog. And then as you get closer, it's, it's your depth perception is off because it's cameras <laughs> that can't see super close. Yeah. So yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. I, I
2: just looked it up. The tagline is be in the moment. So they are trying to push that, but I think actually the, I, it, I'm going to make the argument that an isolating piece of technology is not the worst thing because when you put it on, you are isolated and you're signaling that I am doing stuff in here and not around me. Versus if you think about a phone, everyone is half paying attention to their phone while having a conversation at dinner sitting next to their partner. So. What do you think? Maybe is it better that we have technology that kind of definitively isolates us rather than allows us to live in that half attention world?
1: I like that idea.
0: But the goal is to be in there always. Like that's what these yeah. all these companies are building toward is that they're on. A I guess that's the glasses. question. Is
2: it something that it's like for focused bursts of experience right. and immersion? Or do you think that Apple really believes 10 years from now we're walking around in headsets
1: i think they believe that we're walking around in glasses better connected you know going full back to google glass but better
2: google was the original on this the glass vision i guess so do do you guys think we're walking around in glasses 10 years from now
0: yeah i think this is this is gonna be difficult to beat back like we never humanity is not has never said oh that Improvement in technology, leave it aside. We always adopt it and then adapt to it. Sometimes better than others. What do you think, yeah. Joanna?
1: Oh, I feel you know, and it's with this with AI happening at the same moment and us learning to rely more on those tools. I think it's going to be a question of which part of our reality are we augmenting the most, and which part of you know artificially are we improving our lives. Mm-hmm probably a combo of these things together, which is just gonna be crazy.
0: Yeah, because just wait until you're in these things and like the meta's vision here is to have you hanging out with other people and AI avatars in these settings. Speaking of meta, (laughs) the Senate took a bunch of uh, social media executives uh, in for a hearing this week. Notably Zuckerberg was there, Shu Chu from uh, TikTok and Jason Citron from Discord was there and Linda Yaccarino from X. And, you know, these, ha- these hearings have largely been um, embarrassing for the Senate. They grandstand, they do theatrics, they get nothing done, they ask dumb questions. And sometimes, okay, sometimes it makes sense to bully uh, because you can't have executives do whatever they want and never be called, you know, into any moment of accountability for it. But sometimes it's just like, there was even one senator who was like, this is our annual flogging and nothing ever gets done. But there was this one moment where Zuckerberg, uh, was basically forced by Josh Hawley to stand up and apologize to the families of kid, of who have lost kids who they say have, have uh, taken their lives from uh, interactions or uh, spirals that occurred on social media. And Zuckerberg said, uh, he said, quote, I'm sorry for everything you've all been through. No one should go through the things that your families have suffered. And this is why we invest so much, and we are going to continue doing industry-wide efforts to make sure no one has to go through the things your family have had to suffer. I've been back and forth uh, about this with Zuckerberg. Um, I can't tell, like, was this a powerful moment? Was this more of the same? What did you guys think when you saw that? I felt...
2: I have been on. I have not always agreed with you that these hearings are all useless and more grandstanding. I think there have definitely been productive hearings in the past, and there's there's earnest, you know, uh, policymakers that are trying to actually get to a solution. I felt this hearing definitely fell into the camp of grandstanding, and I felt the apology as well. The whole thing just feels weird because we all kind of know these problems i guess it's good especially in an election year to remind us of many of the problems that meta has very conveniently and nicely skated past in the last year and a half thanks to elon and x um and twitter so i think it's good to bring it back but i think we need to get back to some kind of concrete legislation around how to fix these platforms or how to protect us um to solve these problems rather than apologies or Tom Cotton asking the TikTok CEO if he's a member of the Chinese Communist Party, even though he's Singaporean. I think it's uh, probably important to get back to some concrete ideas.
0: Well, so let's talk about like yeah. the the practical stuff here, because this is from uh, Nikita Beer, who sold his company to, uh, to Meta and worked there for a bunch of years, I think till he vested and got out. Uh, he said, Zuck got roasted today, but I think a lot of people missed the point. Facebook actually does studies on the impacts of their products, so they can address those problems. When I was building apps there, I had access to PhD researchers to fully understand the impacts of my work on people. While the findings of those studies may make the company look, look negligent, you have to remember that Zuck is literally financing and elevating these discussions, not avoiding them. So do you, do you think, does that hold water in your opinions?
1: Well, look, there was also a lot of evidence brought by some of these senators that they have ignored a lot of that. And that's, uh, they're holding up some of the Wall Street Journal reporting on that. Um, of course, they were also holding up some, I mean, Zuckerberg was talking about some of the things they've done in the last couple of months to improve this. They have carefully been rolling out more and more protections and software tools to help people. Now, I have some issues with that because really they're not forced to make any parents use that and so sure could some legislation help with that yes could more be done also on the platforms end and you know Zuckerberg was arguing that Google and Apple should be doing more too for for gatekeeping and getting a sense of how old are our users so a lot of questions around that i think one thing just actually to come back to the apology i found that was pretty insincere yeah i think it's important to see because you it's just a powerful moment you have these parents standing there but it felt a lot like when i tell my kids you have to go say sorry for what you did Mm. you know they don't want to but they know if i go (laughs) say sorry i'm gonna get to move on right Right. like okay if i go say sorry i'll be out of time out and i can go do something else
0: rajan you point out a pretty interesting solution that's being piloted
2: yeah, Joanna, I would love your thoughts. This has been a long-running thing of mine, reverse chronological feeds to try to solve a lot of the problems. Uh, I had written about this back in 2019, and I remember when I first brought it up, I would always get the reaction again, well, how would we sift through all, these, all the information? And that's the whole point of it, the algorithmic feed. And it was interesting because in the Nikita Bayer tweet, He talked about, you know, we have been financing all these studies that we have had access to, and a year ago, Facebook released this study where they had studied reverse chronological feeds, tested them, and the most mind-blowing part to me was the findings were, and the headlines that came after it were, that it created a bad user experience yes, relative to an algorithmic feed, it is going to be a bad user experience based on how all of these apps have been built over years and years. They've been built to be as addictive as possible and around algorithmic feeds. But to me, the ridiculous idea was, you know, you have default chronological feed and to change to an algorithmic feed, you get like a pop up warning, almost like a cigarette pack that this could be mm. you know, detrimental to your health. But I was very happy that there is a bill in California, the Protecting Kids from Social Media Addiction Act that was introduced, where for at least people under 16 for children, it would be default reverse chronological. And I still think like, you know, if that becomes the default behavior, it changes the way all these companies operate. And of course they would never ever want it because it makes the product less addictive and less conducive to advertising. But but it would it would make it a less engaging experience
1: i've i've advocated for this for a long long time i mean at least just give us the option for kids sure set it as the default i mean i think especially when you look at you know the, i mean well the issue would be that like tiktok just wouldn't exist i don't know how tiktok would work i mean you would you could get a following tab and you'd have you know the people in order i guess but oof yeah, Policy really, makers. it would. Yeah. It would certainly take out the addictiveness of TikTok and the fun of it, probably.
0: And so Zuckerberg had then this really strange one-two punch. Like two days in a row, one day he's getting eviscerated before the Senate. Next day he's sitting, you know, giving the company's earnings reports, and they beat everything. They spent twenty-two percent less core, you know, between this fourth quarter and then last year's fourth quarter, and their revenue went up. Their profit went up ten billion dollars. So the company today on Vision Pro day has gone up 200 billion dollars in market cap with like a 20% increase. Is this like I don't know what do you what do you guys make of the fact that that the company has done this well and yeah, I'm curious like given the timing, given how many swings Tim Cook has taken at Zuckerberg, is this maybe the sweetest revenge that they are, you know, soaring in the stock stock market? They have uh their own device ahead of apple they don't have any overhang with china like apple does Uh, they've gotten around tim cook's ad embargo like does this sort of reframe the competition between meta and apple
2: Uh, this was a blowout earnings report i mean you just just scratched the surface there's a couple other things i wanted to highlight was That the average price per ad was up 2% year on year, meaning, like, the ad business is even becoming more profitable. And then they're also one thing I found was interesting was they're gonna stop reporting Facebook daily active users and splitting them out and only meta family of apps, which I thought was interesting because in one way maybe it's recognizing that uh you know Facebook Blue is declining in relevance, but still overall they're at 3.19 billion uh monthly active users, 3.2 billion people in the world using their apps last in December. And then my favorite was Threads is up to, it's up to 130 million monthly active users. And this is where I will, uh, you know, apologize a bit to Alex because I had been laughing about his Threads usage. I've been using it more and I kind of like it. I, yeah, you I, did I, text I'll this week. It.
0: Threads is good.
2: I know. <laughs> As a Joanna, long time Joanna thread, are you welcome on Threads?
0: Welcome aboard. Do you Thread?
1: I'm on Threads, but I'm still balancing Threads and X. I, I... So much of the tech community is still on X. It's just the truth.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 when I started actively following and curating my feed on threads, it was interesting. I started seeing people that I had you know, interacted a lot with in tech journalism world and then had kind of disappeared. And suddenly it was, it was like they came back to life almost that they were they've been on threads, I guess, doing stuff, threading, interacting for the last few months.
1: I've been on. I know I'm there. I'm definitely there. I'm checking it, definitely a couple times a day. I just think that it's back to the algorithm thing. The algorithm sometimes gets weird.
0: It's slow. It's like you see things from days before. Yeah. And like,
1: and then it's like just random like memes and stuff. It's just like this is not of interest to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. We have my. Well, Ron, you go, and then I'll. I'll... I was
2: just going to say my algorithmic threads feed this morning was suspiciously all about how great the meta quest is and um, how great LFB meta's earnings were. I don't know too. if that was uh, tuned by our friends over on the Instagram team, but it, it was pretty uh, pretty consistent with that.
0: Okay, so we have like seven minutes left. I wanna hit two more stories before we go. First of all, uh, a Delaware court ruled that Elon Musk's uh, $55, $56 billion dollar pay package was uh, illegal and basically saying that these milestones were milestones that he knew he was going to hit, which included taking the company from 60 billion to 650 billion, which he did um, and and, and not fully communicated to shareholders. Therefore he doesn't deserve it. I've done a bit of a 180 on this. Obviously I think we have a problem with CEO pay in the U S and when I first read this, I was like, of course Elon should not make, you know, $56 billion for four years of work. But then you look at the performance bars that he set, which everyone thought were unrealistic at the time, and the fact that he hit them, to me, I think that he just deserves that money. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Ranjan?
2: I have much deeper theories on (laughs) how... Those uh, that the performance package led to the uh, performance itself. Again, the share price. If you had written about this in the past, if you look at the days, basically the month that the performance package was issued and the share price graph shortly thereafter and then ensuing 12 to 16 months, just map out the two and uh, it gets interesting.
0: But if it was that easy for a CEO to engineer their stock price, don't you think everyone would? Uh,
2: During COVID, during the i mean exactly during that moment i think he played it incredibly well and he had a platform that allowed him to do Mm -hmm. it that no other ceo quite had or probably would have been willing to uh, to act on but i think and again we're seeing it's already down 40 percent from the high when it was like split adjusted a
0: thousand it was at 1.2 trillion now it's 579 billion and by the way elon can't sell uh can't exercise those options for like three or five years or something like that
2: Yeah, so it has to sustain. I think think this ruling is not going to have a huge impact. I think, uh, again, it's going to get tied up, and it's not like he's going to give back $56 billion in stock. Um, I think, again, and even the people who filed the lawsuit, I mean, they're just looking for compensation as well. So I don't think this, out of all the challenges Tesla's facing, is going to be a particularly big one.
0: Okay, final story. And this is my, I think, my favorite one of the week is that uh this is from the new york post billionaire peter Thiel bankrolling olympics on steroid events that allows athletes to dope it says silicon valley billionaire peter Thiel is throwing his financial muscle behind an olympics on steroids where whose organizers boasts that athletes will dope out in the open and honestly uh <laughs> do we do we like this i'm kind of into it
1: I'm going to watch it in the Vision Pro. It's John's head. <laughs>
2: if I can watch it in the Vision Pro. I am definitely, it better be 3D. Yeah. I, I've missed Peter Thiel in the news. I'm glad to see this headline. I think we've needed a good Peter Thiel story for a while, and this is it's the like one the, we've all wanted.
0: It's the ultimate Peter Thiel. Like, this is exactly the type of thing that he would finance. But I also think that, like, the Olympics is so filled with with dopers. Like, yeah, get it out in the open. At least have a doctor there. <laughs> no, nobody. Safety, safety Gula. and
2: doping. That's Alex's platform for 2024. I mean, I've Are been there. Doing any de- it.
1: I haven't read the story. Are there any details on what sports specifically will be in this version of the Olympics?
0: Well, he, he's going to provide more details.
2: You can
1: imagine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to provide wuttering.
0: the details April 17th. So, and promote it during the Paris Olympics. Ah. Oh. I think this okay. will attract a huge audience. Just seeing inhumanly jacked people competing against each other in athletic events.
1: Yeah. Can they do a hot dog eating contest too?
2: See, I think I think they should add only events like hot dog eating or every other kind of absurdist event that exists out there. If you focus on that and let them dope, I think we have a winner.
0: Ronjan, you know that every sport needs a little performance enhancing thing. Like, when you ran the marathon, don't tell them you didn't do any goos the entire time. <laughs> You Are go. those
2: performance enhancing? I think there is. There's aren't. like caffeine in them. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, all I'm right. not calling. I, it. It. I
0: would never be able to have done it without the goose, but it's all about those goose.
2: I admit it. Performance <laughs> I enhancing. I couldn't have for done my marathon.
1: my 24 hours in the Vision Pro without the goose.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Germana, <laughs> that thank was you. the I true wish. endurance sport, <laughs> I think.
1: <laughs> I wish I had actually had some of
0: that. I mean, some PCP, I think, especially yeah. for that would be would be sick. All right, Joanna, look, thank you so much for joining, sharing your experience, especially on such a busy week for you. You're like setting the world record on podcasts and TV experience and TV appearances. Uh, and so thank you so much for making time. Great having you here.
1: Thanks guys for having me. This is really fun.
0: All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, next week, John Gruber is going to be here, the author of Daring Fireball. We're going to talk about the state of Apple. So we're going to build on the state of, uh, of this conversation. Can't wait to bring that to you. Uh, and uh, and that'll do it for us. So Ronja and I, I'm sure, will be between this time and next we'll make our way out to try to Vision Pro and then we'll report back next I'll week. I'll see
2: you at the Apple store.
0: See you at the Apple store. All right, everybody. Thank you so we'll much. we we'll see s- a picture of you. Oh, my God. Yeah, there'll be selfies.
1: In front, Spatial. No, holding up his box like it's like at the first iPhone.
0: Yeah, Simba. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time on Big Technology Podcast.